Contrast uncut, yeah you know that's us Where we only speak the real and the real rock with us Where we motivate the people and the politic on success Oh no we ain't DJ Kelly, but they swear we the best Contrast uncut Contrast Uncut, Season 3, Episode 15. Big shout-outs to Uncle Snoop's Army and Bobby B Presents. I appreciate you, brothers. It's your host, DJ Juan Dollars, like I won some money, a.k.a. Zylo. Man, ladies and gentlemen, I got a very, very dope special guest. I'm talking about one of them real organic mega entrepreneurs. Somebody that makes the opportunity out of nothing into something into something greater. I mean, from Adrian Scott's Presents to, you know, his history as a radio programmer, being a program director for one of the biggest stations in Los Angeles growing up in L.A., seeing the transformation of being like an everyday station to getting nothing but West Coast hits and then seeing that format be transformed across the United States. Right. I got this brother on my show that was involved in that. He was also involved with 93.5 uh, Wild and Riverside. I mean, right. the brother works and works. I keep on going. We're going to talk about Crush Group. <laughs> We're going to talk about how the West was won because this is the co-creator of those big premier LA events. Man, everybody. I got AD, Adrian Scott in the building. What's happening, I appreciate brother? It. Thank you. Thank you. I, for, I forget I've done those things. Sometimes you got to be reminded, right? And that's the beauty of life. Yes, yes. Hey, sometimes you're in the fast lane so much that you're so much trying to make another hit happen, another big event happen, that you don't have the time to reflect. And, you know, you got people like me that enjoy the passenger seat of hearing these stories. So okay. you know what you're going to get. We're going to get some real good stories out of this. All right, come on. Fire away. I'm ready. So, man, I got a quote. You know, let me know how it relates to you or if it doesn't. Okay. Not going to hurt my feelings. It's contrast uncut, man. No, no. I will not lose. For even in defeat, there's a valuable lesson learned. So it's even up for me, Jay-Z. Okay. Favorite rapper of all time, by the way. Hey. Uh, but I grew to like Jay-Z. And I think you had to be an adult to appreciate Jay-Z. Mm. So for me, 20s, I mean, 30s and new 20. Right. But I'm just saying I had to grow up to like Jay-Z because clearly I'm from, I'm from Long Beach. So I was born and raised. So clearly I'm a West Coast guy. Shout out to Beach. Yeah, so when I, you know, I grew up, my brothers and them was bumping NWA. I used to get in trouble for, for, for listening to NWA. So, uh, but as you get older, you evolve. And when you evolve, you start to take on certain likings. And Hove was a guy that I take on, that I took on as I was in the radio business. Uh, but then when you start to understand his life and you start to reflect your old life and then it all made sense. So that's how Jay-Z became my favorite artist of all time. So let me know how this, you know, the quote of, you know, not allowing the, the moment of being defeat and, you know, the loss and the lesson learned relates to you. Because I have a feeling that you definitely face some some lessons learned through some trial and error and then also some big successes. We, you know, the intro says it all. Well, you got to understand it, you know, to be successful, you have, it's trial and error to begin with. Come on, come and, on. And um, I, I can't really specifically pinpoint because I'm doing so much at so much time. But I will give you a story as, as we backtracked. Um, you know, I started in radio when I was 17 years old. My brother was in it first. 
And my brother got me in. And I always tell people, luck will get you in, talent will keep you, okay? And that's just with anything in life. Luck will get you to the door. And eventually you have to, you know, maintain your your worth to continue to, to continue to grow. So, I mean, listen, I, man, I mean, even, even K-Day, I, 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 when I launched an old school hip hop format, so they came to me and was like, listen, we're gonna change some things up. Um, you know, we're gonna flip K-Day. You know, we want people to come up with a format idea, okay? I mean, that, this is a time where Steve Harvey was there, uh, Keith Sweat was there. So, oh, yeah, so this, so I was still programming at the time. So Harvey, uh, Michael Baisden, Wendy Williams, Keith Sweat, the hotel. So all those shows, was I was programming those shows. Even though majority of them was syndicated, well, 90% of it was syndicated, but it was still under my watch. And at the time, and if anybody knows a little bit about radio, and clearly you guys do, that, you know, K-Day signal wasn't the strongest signal. Right, so the, the building penetration uh, was very limited. So, you know, my argument was, I said, guys, you know, and I'll use an analogy that I used in the meeting one day. I said, listen, and at the time it was only it was only Power 106, and, and I think Hot was on at the time. So I had to see that Hot's not even here no more. So, you know, I told them, I said, listen, we're going out, and this is before PPM, and that's a whole different topic. And this is when the diaries and PPM is about to launch, but. That's a radio thing, and, and people who know radio know what I'm talking about. But <laughs> at the time, we were in the diary world, and I said, guys, you know, and diary is very skeptical on how the rating system works. But I, I said, listen, we're both playing the same type of music, but yet, you know, they're seven foot tall and we're five foot eight. So, like, if they're going for a rebound, they're going to get the ball better than we will. So, right. we need to pivot and we need to be a niche type format. So, you know, I pitched them, so they they's like, all right, we believe you. So they had they brought in some other consultants, brought in all these other people, and then um, they was like, all right, we're gonna test these formats. And I had a GM, I won't name her name. She was very, she wanted to do a Spanish style format, and I kept trying to tell her, I was like, listen, it's not gonna work. I promise you. She's like, no, it's gonna work. And I said, no, I promise you. I said, I got this ideal. I have this format of playing classic hip hop because at the time this was. So we're in 2008. So, and at the time, like I said, I grew up in the death row era. So uh, I said, nobody plays this music anymore. And I promise you, there's a format here. Well, fast forward, we do a perceptual test, which once again, is where they do a market research of the market. They didn't want to add my old school hip hop format in the uh, research test. They didn't want to do it. It was a guy named Steve Smith, who was my consultant at the time, who actually started Hot 97 and all those other radio stations. He was like, listen, I think he's on to something. We should at least just test it. We don't know what's going to happen. It may not do well, but it's not going to hurt us to test this new style of format. So boom, we test it. Two months later, it comes back, the perceptual. I mean, the ratings were through the roof. They said, man, these people will die to hear something like this because it's new, it's niche. It's, it's specific, and I said, I'm telling you. So anyway, make a long story short, we fast forward. They still didn't want to launch it in an 08, even though we did this test in 08. We had to wait until 09, and, I, I, and I'll go back a story. We we almost sold Katie at the time to Ryan Seacrest wow. in 2008. Ryan Seacrest wanted to buy it, right? So I guess the money didn't make sense, so he didn't buy it at the time, and he wanted to go country with it. So we did the test, and boom. It's like, oh my God, this thing 
could work. Still, management didn't want to launch it because of the well, we're not gonna get buyers for it. You know, we're not gonna get advertisers. You know, and I said, well, listen, I'm not in that space. I'm a programmer. Y'all gotta figure that out. But I'm telling you, I'm sure there's gonna be people that will come. Right, right. So boom. So at the point, and and I and I and I give it. It was kind of like, and this is the year. All right, so this is the year Obama gets elected. Okay, so this is 2008, and and, and to me that was I felt like Obama, right? And I'll tell you why because the country is so fucked up that this nigga won, right? In my mind, right? So I felt the same way. I was like, man, this station is so fucked up. And I, I'm not even 30 yet. I'm 20 something years old. I'm a young kid. But I came to them with this idea. It's like, fuck it, we're gonna let the kid run it. So boom. So me and Obama, we're on the same parallels in 2008, even though we didn't launch into 2009. So, so that that was a headache just to go and fight them, telling them, you know, I was and I was on them. And I remember when I was doing my perceptual test, I literally went into the mall. And I was playing this demo of the far. I think I got it somewhere. Oh shit! Hold on, hold on. Hold it, hold it. I don't know if I can play audio on this, but hold on. Nah, go ahead, man. Like a validation, man. Every journalist know that this is this is accreditation, boy. Uh, K Day montage. I may have it in this. Hey, let me just ask you this while you search for that. Yeah. You know, something that came to my mind is that I don't know if you are involved, but I think some money's owed to you, man. Them essentials from, from Apple Music, them playlists, them old school playlists, man, they stole your idea, player. They owe you some residuals, man. You know, had I known what I know now, right? And at that time, I created the station so I can keep a job. Yeah. I mean... Right, so the desperation I, creates genius. Right, so had I known what I know now, you know, I would have licensed it, right? And I'd have called the motherfucker AD, right? I would have called it, you know what I'm saying? But you know, it is what it is, and you live and you learn. So you know, and granted, you're right. I created the first classic rhythmic AC station in the world, and right. then now there's over 200 of them, and there's playlists, and then you know, and, and which ultimately led to the to the classic hip hop shows. Because these artists wasn't doing shows until I launched Crush Groove and Fresh Fest, and then How the West Is Won specifically for LA. You um, life. So, yeah, so I gave, you know, I started that avenue, which, you know, I did it because number one, I love the music. Number two, I, I knew I had something. So, I, you know, I, and I'm not one of those guys that take a lot of credit. I don't go around like, oh, it was me, I started first. But, you know, had I known what I'd known, I would have licensed it. And then it would have been, you know, these stations would have, they would have named after me. But <laughs> you live and you learn. Come next on. time, the next one I create. Uh, I don't think I have it here on my laptop. Hold on, let me see. This. No. I don't I don't have it in here, but I'm a play. So this is what I launched when I took off K Day. I don't know. If, can y'all hear audio too when I play this? Yeah, yeah. We got. You. I'm gonna play. This is what. The, so when I launched in 2009, this is the this is what we came out with. Ninety-three point five. The BFM will never be forgotten. The station that was in Los 
specials for many years, starting as 92.3 The Beat and evolving to 93.5 The Beat FM, representing no color lines, with personalities that were part of your life and good and bad times. The Beat represents time well, but that time is over, and it's time to drop that beat. Welcome to the future. We talked to thousands of people in Southern California about what you thought was missing on the radio dial. He told us about your favorite artists and time and time again. He mentioned your favorite songs you weren't hearing anymore on LA Radio. Music you didn't hear on Power 106, KJLH, KSFM, Hot 92.3. And let's check the KJ computer. talking about it and yes. you know the listeners know this question's coming coming and you know it's like the elephant in the room because so i gotta ask you did the game choose you or did you choose the game well i mean the reality is i think i chose the game because i was a fan um at first so i definitely wanted to be in this space but as i said before i got into it from a from a lucky standpoint because my brother already kind of laid the groundwork uh, but once again, but I made sure I maintained the spot. So I worked extra hard to maintain it. And I just had a keen understanding of what was going on musically. Um, just, you know, being a fan of music. So, you know, I think it was a combination of both, but I think ultimately, you know, I, I made the game because clearly I created a genre in a sense, right? It's, yeah. Call it facts of facts. I created a lane that was never created. Facts. And, and so, yeah, no, and I just, like I said, I took something that I love, which was the death row era, right? Which I grew up on, and I was like, this is the greatest thing oh, ever, it. right? And I said, well, why are we not playing it? Why am, why am I only playing gin and juice, you know? What happened to Doggy Dog World? What happened to Jesus Up, Hose Down? What happened to Conscious Daughters? What happened to DJ Quick? You know, what happened to Sugar Free While You're Bullshit? We can play those records, because you know why? Because those people in LA love these records. Yeah, come on. The second, and that was my and that was my thoughts, and I proved it right because Katie's been on ever since, and it's still on to this day. And there's a million, there's a hundred some other old school hip hop stations. You also put back the perspective. A lot of people forgot that you know Katie was once the beat. Yeah, and that transition there was a big thing because everybody was missing the beat. Man, Theo, good old Theo. Which you know when I got when, so Theo was programming Katie when I got there. So I was actually, so we'll go a little further. When they hired me, they hired me to do Mornings on K-Day with Yo-Yo. This was 2004, okay? So I'm doing Mornings. This is when it's, you know, I forgot what it's called at the time, but it was still K-Day. And then they said, no, we want you to go to Riverside and program Wild 96. So I went to Wild and did all that. 
Then they said they sold Wild, and then they brought me back to K-Day, and Theo was the program director at the time. Shout out to Theo. And, and you know, and me and Theo, we, we definitely, uh, you know, we're on the same page of trying to get it. But, you know, Theo was Theo. And uh, Theo's like, I don't want to do this no more. And then that's when I came in to start a program. And then at that time, that's when Wendy and um, and all the mother fools was on at the time. Wendy, Baysden, Harvey, uh, so, Keith Hey, D, I got to ask you, you know, what was your moment of confirmation? Not only like, you know, that this music is for you and that the universe is accepting it, but also like, you know, for the concerts, because, you know, you definitely evolved. You just didn't come in there and say, I'm just going to stick to these four walls of opportunity and I'm only going to allow the people that come in here to create my way. You took the people that came in there and built with them outside those walls. So, you know, what was the first confirmation with radio? What was the first confirmation with, with, with you know, putting events together? Well, radio, I knew I knew it was for me is that when, and, and I, like I said, I started when I was 17. I, my first radio station was Z90 in San Diego. Mm. And I just wanted to be Kid Capri. That was my whole life. Like, I was like, I want to be Kid Capri. I started as a mixer. But then my brother was like, nah, I need to put you on the air. And I, at first, I didn't have the desire to be on air. And then once I got on air, I was like, oh, I want to be on air, right? So, and that confirmation was when I used to crack the mic and my phone line used to blow up. And at this time, remember, there is no radio, there is no internet, right? So when you want to hear music, you had to call us, right? And, and that was the greatest feeling. And I'll tell you two songs to this day. There's two songs in my radio career that no matter, every time I answer the phone, that's what the song they requested. One, you probably, it probably makes sense. The other one, you'd be like, damn, for reals? The first song was The Real Sim Sadie by Eminem. Mm. I could, that phone line would never stop ringing. The second one was the thong song by Cisco. Wow. Wow. Two songs that just, just, uh, I could never get away from. As far as the concerts, so, I actually doubled back. So there was already a show in LA called Fresh Fest. And AEG came to me, was like, listen, you guys just launched this radio station. We want to be a part of it. And she said, Susan, who was the buyer at the time, said to me, she was like, hey, you, we want you guys to run it. And I said, I said, no. I said, I don't like the lineup. And the lineup was like Curtis Blow and, and you know, Marley Marr. Uh, you know, very East Coast driven. I said, the problem is, Sue, ain't nobody from the West Coast on it. Come on. So, you know, I said, but how about we add somebody? So she said, okay, but we have no budget. So I get a hold of DJ Quick. I said, yo, Quick, which to this day, I'm a, I'm a holding, to this day, if it wasn't for Quick, um, I don't even know if I'll be in this space. I said, hey, Quick, I'm doing the show. We just launched the station. At the time, nobody's playing Quick music, so he's a fan of K-Day number one, right? Because I'm playing... If you stay ready, I'm playing all the quicks, rhythmism. I'm playing all the albums, mm. right? Uh. So just like Compton, I'm playing just like Compton. Yeah, cleaned <laughs> it up and everything. Come on. Okay? So Quick was like, "Yo, I'll do it." I, he didn't. Even, he didn't. He did it for free, and then we put him on the bill, and the tickets started moving. So Susan was like, "Oh shit, you got something here." So Live Nation caught wind that we were doing this show and, and they just, everybody gets kind of see where their tickets are moving. And she, Nick Masters from Live Nation called was like, hey, I want to do a show too. So that's how Crush Group started. Okay. Uh -huh. So after I did this Fresh Fest show, added DJ Quick, tickets started moving. And then when I saw the crowd 
so the first fresh fresh show we the station runs it we own it you know quick does his thing and then i go into the crowd and i see how many people was just enjoying it because you got to remember now everybody's a little older you know this gangbang music ain't gangbangish no more right because everybody's 30 up right? right so you know so i saw the crowd react and everybody had a good time I was like man this is really dope fast forward Live Nation comes to me and is like, hey, listen, we saw what you did for, for the Fresh Fest. We want you to do a show. And they literally just said, hey, you take, here's a budget, you create it, um, and then we'll we'll fund it and we'll put it on the air. Literally, that's how it all started. Wow. So I'm sitting there like, all right, shit, who else are we going to put on? All right, so I'm going back and forth. And I was coming up with this. I wanted to call it Boys in the Hood, just to tell y'all. Because <laughs> in my mind, I had the vision of the palm trees of the boys in the hood um movie poster so i wanted to call the show boys in the hood i said man it just didn't sound right it didn't sound right so i'm tossing names around going around and i was like man i said we're the first hip-hop station we should be and crush group was the first hip-hop movie that's parallel so that's how i called it crush group so just people know but i wanted to call it boys in the hood Oh, <laughs> it sound right. Wow. So that became a good toss-up, though. <laughs> right, because I'm, I'm in LA, so I was like, "Yo!" Uh, so that's how Crush Crew came to play. And I think on the first lineup, I had Bone, and this is when all five of them were together. And you know, I, I did put Slick Rick on it just to just kind of balance it out. But then eventually, that became a more of a West Coast show because I I catered to what was here. So would you say from Crest Groove and being more, you know, curator for the West Coast, that's how the, how the West was one was pretty much vamped? Yeah, I, I actually wanted to recreate, um, oh shit. I wanted to create the, the death row, not the death row, but the Dr. Dre show, um, Up in Smoke. Oh. So one of my first shows that I went to as E90 is I saw Up in Smoke and it was M, Dub C, Westside Connection, Cube, Snoop, Zimmy. So for, for, for me, that was dope because I was a fan. Right. So I wanted to kind of recreate Up and Smoke. That's why it came out to How the West is One, specifically for West Coast artists. But the drive was that I wanted to get those artists that you never really seen anymore, whether it be Digital Underground, whether it be Conscious Daughters, whether it be the Dove Shack, whether it be the Twins, you know, whether it be these artists that you knew, you knew they saw, but you didn't, it, it wasn't always Snoop Dogg, E-42 Short. So that was the goal to create, you know, whether it be Glass and Malone, who else was on this? Second to now, I'm looking at some of the posters. Rapping Fote, you know, you know, Rodney O, Joe Cooley, Lighter Shader Brown, those guys wasn't getting in front of 12,000 people, right? So, you know, that, but I knew everybody knew their songs. So I never sold the artists. When I created these, these shows, I sold the music. Right? The goal was to sell the music. That's why I built long music montages to let people know when we did these promos that I was selling the music. Because I wanted you to understand, I want you to put your ear to it. So that's what really drove these shows. It was never really, that's why I never put no the pictures, the artist pictures and none of the promos. Right, right. It's always the names and the songs. And so, so people can, you know, kind of relate to that. You know, one of the greatest things I love about performances is the fact that, you know, the artists give you their history in a way where their set gives you like, that was me. You remember that? That Absolutely. was me. You remember that? And, you know, I get goosebumps sometimes seeing like when a Nas or Ice Cube or Bone Thugs or 40 does these, you know, these records from 20 years ago. 
but it gives you that element of today because you know their energy is still today and you know you were able to you know catapult or captivate that and so you know i want to bring something to you know everyone's attention what were some of the highs from radio and the highs from doing the shows and what were some of the lows and you know we ain't trying to have have no uh dirty laundry out but i just want some good stories yeah no no so i will start radio first because my high was when when we did launch k as an old school hip-hop format at the time, once again, this is a radio thing, so you, your producer knows that we were only cumin 300,000, right? According to Nielsen. Mm. The first few months, it, we were cumin 1.2 million. Shit. Right, so we literally tripled. Exponential. Right, naturally. No, no, I didn't get a, I didn't get a fucking billboard campaign. They get, you know, it came later after they saw the success, but initially, I, I didn't. So, Therefore, take the dog out, baby. Here, go, go, go. The product sold itself. Go. go. Right. So, I mean, and also low was that, you know, I didn't get the budget, right? And it was very frustrating to, you know, to have this project that I couldn't get off the ground the right way. But, you know, but, you know, obviously ratings dictate a lot of that stuff. So, therefore, you know, that, that was a bummer. Plus, you know, I, I had lows. I've been fired. You know, I've been in six different radio stations in my career. And I was fired from three of them, right? Mm. Not because of performance, just because, you know, the you know, that's the reason why I got into programming because they, they they always fire the talent first. Yeah, right? so, <laughs> bro. Uh, that's how they that's how they got into the team. Hold on, give me a second, okay? So that's that's how that's why I got into programming because I was like, man, y'all can't blame me. I'm doing my part. Yeah. Uh, so, uh, so you know that that's a bummer, you know, from you know getting fired in Vegas to getting fired. I even got fired in North Carolina. I moved to North Carolina, giving them this West Coast thing. And, and, and you know, so that, you know, that's a bummer. You would pick up, you pack your family and, and you, you get on the road for $35,000 a year, but you did it because you liked it. So it was a, it was a bummer, you know, that I had to go through that. Bro, you know what sucks about that is that you got like minor league pay for being a professional star. Scandalous. That's like the WNBA. But I always told people this. I said, yes. I never complained about my paycheck and people on. because I said hey. I will make it work because I want to find other avenues to make it work. Hence the reason we got into the concert business, right? Because I said, all right, well, shit, y'all don't pay me here. I'll figure it out. And and so that's how the radio business was. I mean, it's a bummer. Even to this day, you know, I still miss radio. I have. I, I always want to have a passion for it. Um, you know, and you know, maybe one of these days we'll figure it out. But at this point, I'm, I mean, I'm content what we're doing now. We ain't doing anything because we're in, we're in this situation. But I mean, it eventually come back and we'll all be back on top again. As far as the concert business, I mean, obviously the highs is when you sell out a show. That's a that's that's instant gratification. Is it the roar of the crowd, or is it just the fact that you don't see a single open spot that gets you? Both, both. I think the roar of the crowd is more for the artist. I think I win when the post, when people still talk about it, right? When they leave the building and they still talk about it, that's the win for me. Cause I never see none of my shows. I literally have to go to YouTube later. What are you doing during the event? I've never watched any of my, I'm so busy during the shows that I have to physically find my shows on YouTube to see what happened. Wow. Wow. I'm always ripping it, trying to get the. As far as those times where I've done shows and nobody bought tickets and we had to cancel. 
that's that shit. You want to talk about your ego? You put something together and shit. There was a I did a King Day concert. I called it K Day King Day concert. And that <laughs> shit didn't sell nothing. And I was like, oh, well, won't be doing that. They won't be doing them artists no more. So you live and you learn, dog. Hold on one second. My producer got to run to the station. He got to get. I just want to say it's a pleasure to meet you, bro. Uh, I'll put the show together and, of course, hear the rest of these gems and we'll speak soon. Absolutely. I'm going to meet you. I've been growing up on you on K Day, the beat, since I was young. Yeah. Probably about the same age. So it's a beautiful thing what you've done to the West Coast, bro. Thank you, man. You keep doing that thing. Hot 94, right? Yes, Who's the program sir. director? Uh, program director is Jay Reed. The general manager is Bob Lewis. I I, oh, I know Bob Lewis. Yeah, you know Bob Lewis. <laughs> He's still around. Shit, more power yeah, to him. Jay Reed used to. Oh, I know Jay. I think I know Jay Reed. Well, he uh, Jay Reed was the one. He he did the night show before it, when the, when Hot first came. He was the one he originally did. Got it, got it, got it. So he's been there that long. Yeah, we all been there that long, pretty much. Bro. Oh three. Oh three. Three. Oh wow. Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. You guys been there for a while. Well, it's one of those stations where we don't have that revolve. Bob, before. I said hello. I know Bob very well. It's been a Absolutely. while since I spoke to Bob, but yeah. Absolutely. You know, let me ask this question before he goes. How long do you think I've been doing this? I know it's the middle Radio. of the interview. Yeah. I mean, at this point, I would say you've done it for a while, right? You got the you got the charisma to do it. it seems like you've been around for a minute. All right. Seven, eight years. All right. <laughs> December 2019. I started this. December 9th, 2019? This year, uh, last year. More respect to you. you Shit, bro. I've been doing it too long since 1996. I'm fucking over it. Bro. <laughs> I mean, well, you've seen the transition to how music is, like, you one of the, the few where we've seen the, how hip hop has transitioned right. through that time. You, were, you came in at a time where hip hop was at its greatest. You know? I agree. I think I came in at the time when you bought albums. Yeah, right. you were excited to see albums. Yeah, and, I mean, and I remember opening up albums and see who produced the record. I used to read the shit. Like right. I hate now. The pitching. I yeah, I used to. Be, yeah. I can't read. I don't know who does what. But besides about opening that up. <laughs> yeah, but but I also believe that is it. I respect the kids now, right? And I always tell people like, oh, well, it's not. It's it's, it's music's whack. Whack for you, but it ain't whack for my son. Because it's not what we supposed to like. It's not for us. Come so on. therefore, you can't hate it. It's no different than my dad used to tell me NWA was bullshit. Yeah. Right? So I always tell people, like, well, mumble rap's whack. See, it, not everything's for everybody. And, and but there's a reason. As a, as a, uh, as a hip, we're a hip hop generation. We're not R&B right. generation. So we, we're not, we shouldn't be the ones to, to down the newer generation of hip hop. Not at all. It's not for us, but that's yeah. okay. It's okay. It's not supposed to be for us. I mean, we gotta educate these youngsters that don't know shit and how they pulling shit and thinking that they creating shit when it's already been done. And, you know, pay homage. Yeah, even the older hip hop is still not for me, like Grandmaster Five, and you know, no, that's not for me. Even the early Run DMC shit, nah. Yeah. <laughs> you know, but but it changed, and and the same just when they say gangster rap was bullshit from all the rappers. Right, it's just it's supposed to evolve, but a lot of that is people just like what they like and they're passionate what they like. So therefore, it, if it's not good enough, and I re it's like the Olympics, right? You know, you like America, so you don't care, <laughs> right? Brazilians like Brazilians, so you're supposed to be passionate about it. And I'm not mad at people being upset about it as they should be, 
because it's not what they like, but not everything's for everybody. And you'll right. never make everybody happy. So therefore, if you like what you like, as long as you don't really downgrade somebody and just respect the craft, easy, So yeah. all the mumble rappers and all the rappers, what's up? Do it. Come it's on. a pleasure meeting you again, folks. Talk soon. All right, all right, all right. You guys can see your meeting. I will get a tweet after talking down. All right. I'll knock shit over. All right. Okay. Uh, boom. So, bro, if you weren't in radio, what would you be doing? Fuck, that's a great question, man. I don't know. I didn't, you know, I didn't, I don't know. <laughs> I got in so early. I was fresh out of high school. And, you know, I was in, I was in love with DJ. And, and I remember I got my first credit card. And I maxed it because I bought two turntables. And I got a thousand dollars credit card. And actually, I still have the turntables to this day. Greatest thousand dollar investment ever. But um, I, you know, I would probably, I would, I probably would have been a teacher. I think deep down inside, I have the ability to to lead. And I think I would want to be a teacher to to educate people, whether it been science, something. You know what I mean? Uh, big history buff. So I think I would have been either been like a history teacher or something. Mm. Are you like a collector too? Because most history people are collectors. I feel like you would have spent that thousand dollars on a collection. You would have became a history teacher instead of investing in yourself. It, <laughs> it was different. No, I think I, no, not really a collector. I'm a um, I am a um, I'm a person that likes things from afar and can appreciate them without actually owning them. Gotcha. Um, I mean, I, actually, I have a few things, you know, obviously I got a couple of stuff that I've created, but ultimately, you know, if it made sense and I found it, yeah, I would buy it. But no, ultimately I, I appreciate things from afar. I don't need to own them to, to make it mine. Um, no, that's power. That's volumes and, and savings. <laughs> right. <laughs> I got that right. Plus you ain't got a lot of space and shit. I got to, you only got so much wall space anyway. Right. Right. And man, I definitely want to take my hat off to you because, you know, just like Bobby D, uh, you yeah. guys are one of the few people that are still rescheduling events with a lot of artists and keeping people paid. And, you know, I just got to make sure I get my flowers to you because that's something that, that's, you know, it's a blessing to make sure that you're keeping everybody paid for the events that they got scheduled. Well, we tried, you know, and obviously we're going through a situation that we've never been through before. And our business has been hit the biggest. Well, I mean, all of them, but. Um, there's still no end game with us, so we don't know. And, you know, it's, it's uncharted territory, and um, I think we're going to have to recreate the wheel, and we have to find other ways um, of getting people to understand that this is, you know, this is real, but at the same time, how do we still entertain people? Um, and it's going, to be, it's going to be challenging in the beginning, and hopefully we can get over this, and, you know, we... At this point, people are scared, and you know we have to, um, and then they have the right to be right. This, this, this is not, it's not me telling you, hey, don't worry about it, you, you know. But at the end of the day, you have the right to be scared. You have the right to protect your family and yourself. So, you know, we're gonna have to sit down. I mean, this is gonna be a tough year. Actually, if anything happens, it's for for the rest of the year. But if it does, you know, what we'll have to, you know, we'll have to do it strategically and. And, um, you know, maybe we have to stagger shows. I don't know. Maybe there'll be two shows in one day, you know, but, you know, but for one pay, like, it's crazy. It's going, it looks like it's going to be those types of staggering, you know, you, you know, odd and e odd and even, I don't know. Um, but 
right now it's going to be it's going to be it's going to be a minute before people can really be in a building sixteen thousand tight. Right. Um, so I look forward to the intimate shows. There'll probably be a lot of smaller intimate shows, and I think those obviously go off with a hitch. Uh, I, I predict a lot of the smaller shows are coming to play. I think the artists are going to be a little bit more understanding that they got to do these smaller shows, not because they're not worth it, just because it just it, the landscape has changed. Right, right. We'll see. The reinvention of the wheel has to be done at some point because right. I mean, eventually they put rubber on the wheel, right? Yep. I mean, shit. Back in the day, they made the kids eat ice cubes to get over polio, so you know we're gonna figure something right. out. Right. So we'll see what happens, man. But you know, I'm here. If you ever need anything for me, man. Um, Oh, you we're know. not done yet, brother. We're not okay, done. Okay, oh shit, I got you together. I'm in. Come on. Yeah, no, no, no. Uh, I'm gonna I'm take a pause on because I could probably talk to you all day about concerts and radio and, and okay. go back and forth all day just because one, I'm a true fan, and two, I really enjoy everything that goes along with a show, just the way the same way it's put together as a movie. Fair and enough. you know, stage managers, performances. All of that, you know, I'm a big fan of that whole atmosphere. So, like I said, I would talk to you forever, and I don't want to do that because, one, I don't want people to be bored, <laughs> and they know what's coming. You know, I have my awareness segment, and, you know, okay. with you and your situation, I definitely want to ask you because, you know, you're an average person, but, you know, you got a, 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 a very special call list of contacts that other people can't have. And, you know, okay. with that being said, okay. you know, you got you got areas that where people are like, man, I wonder what he would feel like in this situation. And I'm talking about police interaction. And I'm talking about, you know, the moment that okay. when the blue lights hit, the high beam hits the back of the neck, the searching the seat who's in the car, the blurp sound hits and we get pulled over. And so I asked all my guests, right. you know, when was the last time they were pulled over? And what's some advice they can give to, you know, a youngster out there that doesn't know what to do in the situation? Well, I think the last time I got pulled over, um, I was actually on my way to Vegas and I pulled off in Antelope Valley somewhere and uh, I was, was busting the U-turn. It was two cars in front of me. It was a car in front of me and, me, and it said no U-turn, right? The guy in front of me busted a U-turn. So I bust the same U-turn, right? Boom. Lights come on. Ah, oh, shit, here we go, right? So I pulled over and, you know, hey, you say no, I pulled you over. I said, yeah, but why didn't you pull the guy in front of me? He did it first, right? So uh, he says, well I, well, I can only get one. I said, so I got the luck of the draw. So anyway, I make a long story short, didn't appreciate it. I said, well, you know, you know, call your supervisor. I'm just curious why you single me out at the time. And I hate to say this, man, but yeah, I don't know. You know, I'm, I'm driving a 750, you know, LI on rims. The guy in front of me had like a Toyota Camry. I don't forgot what it was. You know, and I hate to put those stereotypes out there, but it is a reality that, you know, that, you know, I am, um, hold on two, two seconds. Hold on, hold on. Hello? What up, person? I'm in the middle of an interview right now. I'm going to call you right, right back. You good? Sure. Everybody. Everybody. Sorry about that. It's all good. Can I take my calls now because I don't know if it's a money call or not. So, um, so obviously, you know, I, I give the cops shit I'm, and I told him I want to talk to the supervisor. You know, I said, listen, I just feel like y'all, y'all, y'all singling me out. Y'all don't have to, you know, I just, it, you know, the car in front of me did the same thing. You know, why me? So what I tell, and I, and I have two boys, right? 
And I tell my sons all the time, 17 and actually be 12. And, you know, my, especially my oldest son. I said, listen, don't, you know, do what you ask. Don't, no need to confront, but don't ever say anything either, right? You, you called me first, you called me first, you know? So I understand what this world is coming to. I understand that we have to oblige by rules. Um, I also know that they can be disrespectful. And sometimes you have to not bite the bullet, but bite the bullet. And there's a time and place for everything in life, okay? And you have to read the room. So I tell my kids all the time, read the room. If you know this is a hostile situation, you might want to be de-hostile. But if you feel like, you know, you can, you know, do what you need to get your point across, then get your point across. Um, I just, it's sad that, you know, a lot of people get, you know, they talk to cops and they get used against them and it's a bummer, you know, but I, once again, these, these kids are not educated either. You know, I, I raised my two boys at the right time to say, you don't talk to nobody. You do what you do. If they want to give you a ticket, take the ticket. We'll fight it later. Yep. Shut your mouth. Don't say nothing. Zero. And, and it's happened because, you know, my son, I'll give you a little nugget. My son was accused of something and he wouldn't allow them to go through his backpack. My dad says, nope, y'all can't touch me. Y'all either call my dad or call my lawyer. My son's 17. Smartest thing he's ever did. So they did call me and, you know, we obviously have to bother. So I just think we, as parents, we have to educate our kids and say, listen, you know, they're not above the law. They are the law, but they're not above the law. And if you do your part, you know, then everything should work, it should work itself out, you know. But, you know, you obviously, the situation in Georgia where you're jogging, and these two buffoons think they have the right to take the law in their own hands. You know, those that that, that vigilante shit is it's not it's not 1845. Come on. 2020, man. So, you know, let's hope we get swift justice. Let's hope those guys get what they deserve. I don't care what they did. It's not your job to do that. It's no it's no reason, you know, the Trey Martin situation. That was not his job. And people shouldn't be, those people should go to jail for, for doing, for not doing their job. That's not the job. They're not police. And then the police who do do that shit, it's not their job either to kill people either. It's not in, it's not in the handbook that says, I should kill people. So. Yeah, facts, bro. And you know what? I want to definitely shed the light on something that, you know, I know you, you we, uh, off of air, you know, we saw your son, but because he helped you set up the Zoom, I want to make sure I give you flowers for being a dedicated dad, bro. Because, you know, one thing, I'm a father myself, and it's not easy being in the industry, coming home every night, waking up early mornings, and then being a dad and being there supporting. And, you know, in this situation, you know, you're going to have a lot of people like, man, I wish my dad was there to kick game like yours. But the problem is, and, and, and you know, you saw my son here, he just happens to be here with me now. You know, my kids live in Vegas, so that's why I'm always traveling. Now, the, the, you know, I try to be there as much as I could. I try. Uh, but, yeah, I make an effort as, as best as I could. And, you know, and, and and they're at an age where I could talk to them even if they're not here, right? The technology has allowed us to be, uh, you know, ahead of the curve, and we, whether we FaceTime, but we definitely talk. So that's a good thing. Uh, yeah, my youngest son, that, that kid is a fucking guru, man. Yeah, set up and shit. And I'm like, yo, man, how you do that? But that's, but that's what they do, right? That's what they've been taught on. Like, so, you know, he fixed the printer the other day. I said, bro, I'm YouTube, and he's like, nah, I got this. Like, so, even my oldest son, he's that, he's that way too, man. He can definitely uh, uh, get things going at a very young age. You know, uh, me growing up without a father and then, you know, pretty much being there for my kids, I, I learned this from Nipsey. You know, kids spell uh, love, T-I-M-E. 
And you know, right. whatever time we can give them FaceTime over the phone, whatever it is, you know, that shit resonates. And, and those moments stick with you where you can tell them something. You may not remember what you told them, but they remember. Hey, of course. And I still, and don't get me wrong, I happened to grow up with my dad. I mean, he was in and out, but he was around. And, you know, a lot of the same methods that he talked about, I, I relate to mine. And I used to hate that motherfucker, right? But yeah, I hated him for a reason, right? But I hate him because I thought I had a reason to take that back. But everything that he was telling me, it all made sense now. So um, I'm, I'm spitting the same game. Yeah, I made doing it a different light because the way we grew up, is different the way these kids are growing up. And I think you have to evolve. You know, it's, it's not all about whipping your kids like we got our asses beat, right? Come on. You know, you don't have to do that no more. I think kids are understanding, they're smarter, they're, you know, they're learning more. So, you know, not everything's an ass whooping. Don't get me wrong, you got to whoop an ass every now and then to prove a point. But I think, you know, you have to just raise them differently than when we were raised. Same message, just the delivery of it, it can be different. Yeah, no, I agree. Some some instance, you know, spare the rod, spare the child. In some situations, you need to spare their mind before, you know, some real shit happened to them. Right, they, don't, they don't know what happens when real shit happens. They just think it's a game. Yeah, right, right. Speaking of the what you looking for? For what? So, man. I got this thing called Trading Places. You know, we went serious. We talked about some serious stuff. And I'm like, man, I got to make sure I, I wingle out my show of having fun with the okay. guests. And so I got this thing called Trading Places. And, you know, it's just the whole idea of Dan Aykroyd, Eddie Murphy, they wake up and lives change. And so I take two iconic people and we swap their lives and we talk about it. And question number one is, will it work? And question number two is, you know, what are some things would be different if they traded places? For you, I got Sting. Trading places with ludicrous. Sting and ludicrous. Trading places. Will it the work? The wrestler or the singer? The singer. <laughs> Alright. Sting and Luda. Wow, I don't know. I don't think it will work. I, you know what? Maybe work because I think Luda's a little bit more balanced than people give him credit for. I mean, he is an actor, he's evolved. He was a radio guy. Yeah. Right? Um Sting, you know, I don't know too much about Sting. I mean, obviously I know his songs, and but I think the problem is, is that I don't know too much of Sting to give him a, an accurate an accurate account of his life. But if I had to choose anybody, Ludacris can probably make it work. So I think he makes it work. I just can't imagine Sting representing a whole coast. I mean, because you got to remember, out, out, outside of Outkast, Luda was next. Come on. Right? He so he put Atlanta on the map. Right? Yeah. At the time, music videos. So, you know, if it wasn't for Outkast, Luda really put eight, well, I didn't say put them on the map because they were already on the map, but, you know, gave them that next wave of talent coming out of the South. Next superstar. Yeah. But, you know, the reason why I bring up this segment because one, I like to have fun. And it's like, can you imagine uh, Ludacris singing Every Breath You Take? And number two, can you imagine Ludacris? Yeah, I can, I can imagine him doing that, but I can't imagine Sting doing that. You know, obviously he's European. Yeah, <laughs> right? I was going to say, bro. Yeah. So Ludacris is now in England growing up like that and doing all these hits like that in that era. And then you got Sting growing up in Atlanta. And, you know, he's doing it. What's your fantasy, right? I don't know. I, I, Oh man, but like I said, I, I don't see it, but if That's anybody fine. can pull it off, I think Luda can. Fair enough, fair enough. Okay, so bruh, you have survived trading places. Okay. I got this thing called Impulse Q&A. 
And the whole idea is, you know, impulse question or impulse questions, impulse answers. First and I got like questions on cards and shit. So, Let's you go. know, uh, you have an option to pass, but the idea is you got to answer three questions. Okay. Question number one. What's the most awkward thing that happens to you on a regular basis? Most awkward thing that happens to me on a regular basis. Um, when people do meet me, they think I'm taller than I think. Then I, you know, they they always think I'm taller than what they know me of. It's pretty awkward. Yeah. Um, also, they always confuse me being Hispanic. Okay, not Hispanic. Actually, I have no Hispanic blood in me. No love Hispanic. My son's Hispanic, but uh, so that's pretty awkward. Or people come to me and talk to me in Spanish. Just random shit. Just yeah. No. So you know. So that's pretty random. There you go. Oh, uh, bro. My brother get that same thing. He's mixed black and white, and they always yeah. think he's Mexican just because yeah. of how he's mixed. It's the hair. So it's black and white equals fucking Dominican. Come on. <laughs> Question number two. If you could only eat one food for the rest of your life, what would it be? Chicken wings. Fuck, man. I'm about to make some right now. It's part of the the daily, I can eat chicken wings all day, all Breaded, day. Hot sauce, barbecue, what you doing? Oh, I'm I'm, all, I'm I'm breaded with hot sauce. You know, that's all I need. Um, no uh, no barbecue sauce, man. I'm not a big barbecue sauce guy. Not a big barbecue guy at all. Uh. So, I can eat that all day. Toss up would be probably that, and probably some carne asada. You know, as much as they think I'm Spanish, I sure do eat their food. All right, fair enough. I'll be fucking up their food too. I'm part Mexican. My grandfather swam across the border in like 1918 and fought in World War One. Oh, that's fantastic. Yeah, that's crazy. Yeah. That's I, got, I got Mexican, Irish, black, and Mex and uh, uh Indian in me. Yeah, I'm all black and white. It's crazy. I did the DNA and I'm more white than black, which is crazy. That means there was some slave shit going on on my black side. <laughs> Come on, he said the details are in the pudding. I'm just not yeah. taking the pudding out. Yeah, real talk. Question number three. What is something that people are obsessed with, but you just don't get the point of? Um, Social media. Yeah, I get it. I don't know why. Yeah, I think, you know, for them, always trying to be perfect for the gram. Uh, always trying to, you know, to show other people what you got going on. Uh, for me, I mean, every now and then you can stun on them, but I'm not really into that. You know what I mean? Come on. We come from that era. The loudest person in the room be the first one taken. That's true, true. Got that right. So, bro, you survived impulse QA. I do have a bonus question because I know oh, you are a hustler. So, this one's off the dome. I asked all my hustlers this question. I feel like they qualified enough. And I feel like you definitely qualified. If you were stranded in a third world country and you had to sell one item to get back to America, what third world country would you be in and what item would you sell? With so many third world countries. So obviously, there's two things that third world countries need more than anything, clean water and electricity, right? So if I can create clean water system, some type of filtration system, which is pretty easy to do if you do a little bit of work. Um, so I would try to find ways to either, like I said, either clean the water or give them electricity from solar panels. Boom, I'll be right back before you know it. They need that, they'll buy that. Third world countries, you gotta remember they gotta survive in life. Come on, come on. You need, need water to survive, but electricity is such a, such a 
such a luxury item. It's a premium in other countries, man. We take shit for granted here, man. It's crazy how we take things for granted. Real talk, real talk. Hey, there is a straw. I learned this from asking one of the hustlers that's been on the show. And yeah, there's a straw that you drink water that it, it, it filtrates it through the straw, yep. Yep. So I feel like you would have boxes and boxes of straws and you probably wouldn't come back right away. Right. You'd probably get them all off and then come back. Yeah, then there's also little tablets you can that you can make. It's just, it's, it's a calcium tablet. It's crazy. I Listen, man, I watched enough Survivor shows. I think I can survive on the island by myself for a while. Come At least on. I think. So, bruh, uh, Crush Groove got moved to September 25th. You know, uh, then we got we got How the West Was Won. We still doing that in November, October. We probably won't just because it's so close to Crush Groove. Um, we'll probably, like I said, a lot of the stuff has been moved. But, you know, I still have How the Southwest Is Won in, in the Texas area, which we still have slated for October. Um, so, you know, as far as L.A., with L.A. being probably the last state to really open up, open up. Um, even the September date is still on the cusp, but we, we feel confident, but you know, the market dictates whether we have it or not. Come on. And um, so that's, that's where we're at. Fair enough. So does that mean you're going to be having billboards that everyone go to Arizona for shows? <laughs> I mean, yeah, <laughs> shit. I mean, the goal is to get the people. Um, but you know, I mean, yeah, Arizona seems to play that's where all the baseball is gonna happen in the next few weeks. So yeah, I mean listen, shout out to Arizona. There you go. You can battle the heat with the air conditioner. Well, you know, you also battle the virus with the heat. So that's the win-win. Come on, come on, come on. So bro, what else are you excited for coming up? You know, I'm just I don't know about excited. I'm just a little bit more anxious to see how the world evolves. Okay. Um I'm excited to see how people moving forward adjust their lifestyle. You know, do we shake hands? Do we do we fist bump? Do we do we just do the nod? Do we just hey, you know, I, kid I'm, play. Kid, yeah, or, or where where are we at? Do we? Um, I think it also. I think people understand the more value of family in this time. Um, somebody like me who traveled, you know, I was on a plane, dog. When in my when it was up and running, I was everywhere. I was on the plane sixty percent of the time. Wow, I ain't been on the plane in two months. Okay, so um, do I go back to that lifestyle? Probably not. So you know, I'm, like I said, I'm enjoying the fruits of the labor of still being financially okay to survive in a time that nobody's really working. I've, I've been lucky enough to save. I think. Here's a nugget, save your money. Always. Okay. You know, save your money, it will save you. Absolutely. Buy you some land. That shit pays you back. I promise it does. Did you? Yeah. Um, you know, I tell my sons that now, I mean, my, my plan is to buy them their first unit when they're 18, right? You know, get you some roommates. You can live with roommates until you're about 25. But small things like that. So um, I'm just I'm just curious to see how we all evolve from this, you know. See how we, as a country, I would like to see leadership do a little bit better from the top. Come on. I don't like the blame game. I think we're all in this together, you know, but let's see what happens. So it's not excitement, more anxious, more curious to see how we evolve as people um, and our interactions with other people. I don't think it stops. I think naturally human beings loves the interaction and loves, 
you know, physical contact. And I don't mean in a sexual, just a, you know, just a, you know, it's, a, it's an embracement. And I think that, you know, I'm curious to see how that evolves. Bruh, like I was the one that used to go to the gym early in the morning. Now, you know, with the gym closing in Cali and everything. Now we're getting up and going walking, and I catch myself waving and saying good morning to people. I yeah. really wouldn't. Like, it's just right. the whole drive just to say something to somebody and just like, oh, yeah, it's not just my wife and kids I'm talking to. Yeah. Right. Well, shit, we're, we're castaways now. We're all, now we know what Tom Hanks went through. <laughs> like, fuck, man. Say hello to somebody, right? Yeah, I'm talking to my name. Yeah, shit, my window's over there. Why? I'm like, hey, nice jaws, neighbor. So. Come on, I, we ain't talked to our neighbors in months. Yeah. I feel like, you know, your, your mail came to my house. Yeah, so yeah. It back to you. Yeah. I wouldn't just go on, I'm well, hey, they left this for you, so. So that's it, but yeah. But so, yeah, that's, I'm excited, so yeah. You notice, you know, I'm about to close out. You notice okay. the show's been a little different, but at the same time, we have some of the, the common things of getting the history out, but I try to be unique. And so I'm like, man, how do I close my show and still be unique and have, you know, the person I'm interviewing be like, wow. And so I came up with this thing of, you got any questions for me? Nah, I mean, listen, I, I'm happy that you're doing what you're doing. It seems like a passion project for you. And I think at the end of the day, passion is, is the key, uh, you know, for me, you know, I've, I've hired so much talent. You know, I've, I've educated a lot of talent that's still working and mentored a lot. You know, I always tell people just, this is really what yeah. you want. Money's not an object. And, you know, just continue to do what you love, man. We got one life, man. So we should embrace it and love it and, and do what you feel best. So no question, just just a uh, simple statement for you. There you go, there you go. Man, you brought up something, and I'm, I'm gonna throw it out there. I read about you, and I read that, you know, when you met Nipsey Hussle, you know, shout out Big U, and, uh, you know, he, he brought him to you, and pretty mm -hmm. much that, that, that energy of, like, you know, it, it was something that, you know, was so intangible, and at the same time, it's like transparent. You know it's something great. Yeah, no, it's, like I said, when Big U brought him to me, and I had knew Big U before that, and like I said, Nipsey was raw. I mean, he was raw. And I remember I let him on the air. And he was like six old cubs, cryptids. I said, no, you gotta stop that. And uh, he's like, nah, I get it. My bad, AD, my bad. And I said, no, but be you. Listen, man, you are who you are, okay? So always be you. And if this is who you are, then be you. But there's a way to be you and then harness it in a way that you don't offend people in certain spots. And at the time, Terrestrial Radio wasn't spots for all that. But, uh, you know, sad to see Nip gone. I mean, the last time I saw him was at the um, Tupac screening, mm. movie screening. And uh, he was leaving. I was leaving. And he said, because people who know me know I really don't like the media events and how they came out. We're so in and out. And he said, he said, where you going? I said, I'm gone, man. He said, all right. Of course, your ass would stay for some shit like this because they, they kind of knew my, that I was just, that wasn't really me. Just for me, I was, and he's like, all right. I was like, here, you can have my password. all right. So, I mean, that was my last. And actually, I think I was on the phone with him because I was trying to get him to do something. But my last physical interaction was the two-box screen. So, you know, like I said, I had so many memories with him. I he used to come to the station all the time. We used to talk all the time. And, you know, I never thought that this would have happened. And, you know, now I regret not doing more, right? But so it's kind of one of my goals now is to try to do more. Because you never know if, we, if we're going to walk on this earth again.
it's a blessing every morning to get up and, and put some oxygen in the air and stretch out, even if yeah. you do it's your girl. It's okay. Right. <laughs> I feel you. Well, shit, this has been fun, man. We got to probably do it again. Let's let's chat in another year and see how the world has evolved and we can take from... from from Next, Contrast Uncut, Season 3, Episode 15. Big shout-outs to Uncle Sue's Army and Bobby D Presents. I appreciate you, brothers. I've had the honor and the pleasure of rocking with, with greats like AD, Adrian Scott, getting history about K-Day, getting history about, you know, Crush Groove, about Fresh Fest, about how the West was won, and, you know, updates on, on so much stuff, man. But I appreciate you coming on the show and taking the time out of busy life to come on, man. I got it. No problem, man. Thank you for having me. And we'll go from there. So, what up, y'all? It's your boy AD, living legend. To a lot. To myself. To my family. <laughs> You're listening to Contrast Uncouple Man DJ $1. He has a tagline there, so I'll let him tell you all that. But I can't repeat another man's tag- tagline. Everybody should have their own, and they should say it themselves. Right? I'll tell you my tagline, which is a crazy story. I used to always say on the radio, uh, don't get it twisted. Better yet, don't even get it rated. And that was my whole thing on the radio. So, so listen, this is my man show. Uncle Snoop's RV. My good friend Bobby D. And the whole team over there. We love Salute. Hey. Got me reminiscing over you. I had to 1G regulate. Mind playing tricks on me. Ghetto boys, better days. Jump around, house of pain. Mama said, knock you out. Double L, cool J. Time still ticking, though. Big clock, flavor flavor. That's a public enemy. They see me coming up. I be verse, I'm going flip most squad, bust a bus. Feel like pocket, keep your head up. Biggie shooting juicy. Coach is still alive, just let me prove. King, nigga. Man, I know you guys can't smell this right now, and I ain't talking about none of that other stuff. I'm talking about some of that good stuff, that smell good stuff. I think it's breakfast. What time is it? It's breakfast time. Make sure you tune in to Contrast Uncut no matter what you're doing. Whether you're eating breakfast, you're smelling good food like I'm smelling, or if you're smelling other stuff, we're good to watch too. Make sure you tune in.